Welcome to NTD News Today. I'm Chris Beers. Here are today's top stories. Russian President Vladimir Putin says he will look at China's Ukraine peace plan during Xi Jinping's visit. Analysts call the meeting a show of alignment against the United States. A new study warns of a mass Silicon Valley bank-style collapse. It says nearly 200 banks are at risk. Meanwhile, Senator Elizabeth Warren criticizes past regulation slashing. Former President Trump is calling for protests ahead of a possible indictment. Voters and lawmakers are calling for the gatherings to be peaceful. Detransitioner Chloe Cole and others spoke at the Innocence Under Siege event in Pennsylvania this weekend. The focus of the event was cross-sex procedures on children. Chinese leader Xi Jinping is in Moscow for a three-day state visit. Russian President Vladimir Putin says they will discuss Beijing's peace plan for Ukraine, and added that Russia is, quote, slightly envious of China's development in recent decades. In response, she said he believed Russians would back Putin in the country's 2024 presidential elections. However, analysts described their meeting as aimed at furthering the CCP's designs against the United States. NTD's Kevin Hogan has more. The visit is his first to the country since Putin's February 2022 invasion. It was announced not long after the International Criminal Court issued an arrest warrant for Putin for war crimes. The meeting comes as Russia slowly makes advances to capture the eastern Ukrainian city of Bakhmut. The bloody battle has led to massive losses on both sides, especially the Russians. Analyst Matov Nalapat says Putin is under pressure from his commanders to unleash, quote, the full fury of Russian weapons against Ukraine. This while China expert Frank Lieberger says the rushed arrangement is because the Russian military is on the brink of collapse. Lieberger believes she has plans to take over Taiwan in 2025. A prolonged Russia-Ukraine conflict could be used by the CCP to weaken the U.S. and other Western powers. NSC spokesperson John Kirby reacted to the visit on Fox News Sunday. There's no question that both China and Russia, and this is right out in the national security strategy, are two countries that are chafing against this international rules-based order that the United States and so many of our allies and partners have built up since the end of World War II. Uh, they, don't, they don't like that. They'd like to rewrite the rules of the game uh, globally. Him going to Moscow at this time um, provides a really important signal of his continued support for Putin. And of course, that is designed uh, to show the United States States in particular, that these two countries are aligned, that they have this deep partnership, and that they stand in opposition to the United States. And so I do think that Xi Jinping does have an incentive to be seen as a power broker. Kiev, Washington, Brussels are, are beginning also to think about what the world looks like after the war, what Ukraine looks like uh, after the war. There is going to be a lot of work to be done uh, on uh, reconstruction. She and Putin will meet for one-on-one -on -one talks to dine together today, then hold further negotiations and issue a statement tomorrow. Chinese leader Xi departs on Wednesday. A new study says nearly 200 more banks are at risk of a Silicon Valley bank-style collapse. Meanwhile, Senator Elizabeth Warren is calling for an independent probe into recent failures of Silicon Valley Bank and more regulation. NTD's Daniel Monahan has more. 
Researchers with the Social Science Research Network have a dire warning for U.S. banks. They say over 180 banks across the country could collapse. That is, if half of their respective uninsured depositors withdraw their funds. Unlike insured depositors, uninsured depositors stand to lose a part of their deposits if the bank fails. That potentially gives them incentives to run. According to the paper, recent declines in bank asset values very significantly increased the fragility of the U.S. banking system to such uninsured depositor runs. Meanwhile, U.S. Senator Elizabeth Warren is pushing for tighter banking regulations. Here's Warren on ABC. These big multi-billion dollar banks loaded up on risk. They boosted their short-term profits. They gave themselves huge bonuses and big salaries, and they exploded their banks. Warren says the approach of stepping in when these giant banks get into trouble should change and expressed another concern. But there are a lot of people who are saying, gee, if they've been so lightly regulated for such a long period, it's important to look under the hood. Warren bemoaned the regulation slashing by both parties under the Trump administration. She says Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell took a flamethrower to the protective measures. The Democratic senator sent a letter to the inspectors general of the U.S. Treasury Department and the Federal Reserve on Sunday. She is urging regulators to examine the recent management and oversight of the collapsed banks. In related news, the U.S. announced joint liquidity measures with some of the world's largest central banks. The aim is to enhance liquidity provision. The move comes on the heels of a deal brokered by Swiss authorities. Under that arrangement, UBS Group will buy rival Swiss bank Credit Suisse Group to prevent its disorderly collapse. Daniel Monahan, NTD News. Former President Trump called for protests over the weekend. That's because he's expecting to be arrested tomorrow. Reaction spread after Trump posted about it on social media. It would be the first time in U.S. history that a former president was criminally charged. And TD's Jeremy Sandberg has more on the response. Former President Trump says he expects to be arrested Tuesday in Manhattan in an investigation that alleges he paid and covered up hush money to pornographic actress Stormy Daniels during his 2016 campaign. Former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi reacted on Twitter, saying, No one is above the law, not even a former president of the United States. Senator Elizabeth Warren echoed that sentiment in a televised interview on Sunday. Some Republican lawmakers say the potential indictment is politically motivated. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy called it an outrageous abuse of power and vowed to direct committees to investigate any use of federal funds that facilitate the perversion of justice by Soros-backed DAs. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene tweeted that it's how communist countries behave and predicted a landslide victory for Trump in the 2024 presidential election if indicted, an opinion Elon Musk also shared. Governor Chris Sununu says it will drastically change the paradigm going into 2024. I think it's building a lot of sympathy uh, for the former president. Trump denies the allegations and called the investigation by Democrat DA Alvin Bragg a witch hunt. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News. A longtime conservative activist says Trump supporters should be cautious ahead of possible protests. He's warning of provocateurs at gatherings. The calls for peaceful protests were echoed by Arizona Republican candidate Carrie Lake, saying we cannot allow ourselves to live in such fear of the left's infiltration that we surrender our God-given rights without them even asking. Washington, D.C. protest organizer Kristen Taylor says Trump supporters should be especially cautious after what happened on January 6th. 
He wrote an article for the Gateway Pundit saying, with Trump supporters now recognizing that provocateurs and federal agents will attempt to infiltrate protests, my recommendation would be to go ahead and protest, but to tightly police your gatherings. Best to avoid the whole lot of them. Meanwhile, voters have different opinions on the possible indictment. Again, 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 they've tried impeachment, they've tried Russian hoax, they try lying. Every day they try to pick this man apart. And what have they come up with so far? Zero. Others are hoping for charges to be pressed against the former president. Well, he's committed so many crimes, and nobody has prosecuted him enough yet. I, I will look forward to seeing justice be done. Meanwhile, some say Trump may gain votes through the possible indictment. Elon Musk tweeted, if this happens, Trump will be reelected in a landslide victory. I think it'll probably charge and um, probably amplify his base, um, given that he's running. Um, otherwise, I don't think it'll change too much, to be honest. The probe comes at a critical time as Trump seeks the Republican nomination for the presidency. No U.S. president has faced criminal charges while in office or afterward. Well, I think it's unlikely that the protest would escalate until another riot, as we saw in January 6th. Um, I feel like there's a much more bipartisan agreement that storming the Capitol uh, was a more violent insurrection would not happen. Trump has said he will continue campaigning even if he's charged with a crime. Cross-sex procedures are back in the spotlight. Activists in Pennsylvania on Saturday spoke at the Innocence Under Siege event. Detransitioner Chloe Cole highlighted the dangers of such procedures for minors. NTD's Daniel Monahan has the story. The event was originally scheduled at a hotel, but was moved to the New Life Community Church at the last minute due to reported Antifa threats. Forensic nurse Tammy Hartlub says children are told that gender reassignment procedures will solve their feelings of gender dysphoria, but that is not the case for many. And then the person is disgusted and distraught because they are still having these same feelings that haven't been addressed by a mental health expert. No left turn in education founder Dr. Ilana Fishbein grew up in Israel and says they learned one thing there. You want to leave? You want to leave free? You have to get up and fight. You have to get up and protect your children, your family. According to Fishbein, many of the children she calls victims of gender reassignment procedures are on the autistic spectrum. She says most of them have emotional, mental health, and psychological issues. And instead of dealing with the real issues that they are experiencing in their life, they are imposing on them this ideology. For Chloe Cole, the most painful part of her gender reassignment procedure was the irreversible damage of the double mastectomy she underwent at age 15. I may not be able to have kids, but if even if I am able to, I'll never have that experience of feeding my kids through my own body as God intended. Cole was prescribed the puberty blocker Lupron at age 13 and began testosterone injections soon after. She is suing California medical provider Kaiser Permanente and hopes to discourage doctors and hospitals from doing these procedures on kids. Paralegal Peggy Welsh found the testimony informative. She sees what's happening with children as a battle between good and evil. According to Peggy, getting involved is difficult, though. You speak out, you're labeled as hateful, bigoted, uh, phobic, uh, so forth. Um, I'll speak the truth and I will speak the truth with love. 
Radio host Kim Kennedy says she feels burdened and concerned about philosophies she says are being pushed on very young children. This is a very lucrative field, and you can't underestimate the influence of a lot of money. The American Medical Association says that gender reassignment procedures are medically necessary and improve the physical and mental health of transgender and gender-diverse people. Daniel Monahan, NTD News. Meanwhile in New York, both protesters and supporters showed up for Attorney General Letitia James's Drag Story Hour event on Sunday. The event has stirred controversy. Critics complain that it's tax dollars paying for the drag performers to read stories to children. The events are co-sponsored by the nonprofit Drag Story Hour NYC. The association has received more than $200,000 in city contracts since 2018. Sunday's event reportedly involved a couple dozen kids with their families inside. At least six city lawmakers showed up. Police say an anti-drag protester was arrested for assaulting a pro-drag agitator. And NYPD motorcycles escorted an alleged member of the Proud Boys organization to safety during the demonstration. Coming up, China is condemning Fukushima's wastewater discharges. But sources say the water released from Chinese nuclear plants causes more pollution than Japan's. And as a Japanese town still recovers from the 2011 nuclear disaster, they found a new use for inedible rice and something helpful for the environment. More in just a moment, here on NTD News Today. Welcome back. Japan is ready to dump treated water from its Fukushima nuclear plant into the Pacific Ocean. A Chinese media outlet was quick to take a swipe at the plan, but that attempt quickly stalled after it came to light that Chinese nuclear power plants release water that's even more polluted. China is taking aim at nuclear waste discharge tied to Japan's Fukushima power plant. Twelve years ago, a massive earthquake and tsunami triggered a nuclear disaster at the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear power plant. Water used to cool the damaged reactor is piling up in large quantities. Its operator, TEPCO, planned to release the over 1 million tons of filtered wastewater into the sea starting this year. Earlier this month, a Chinese newspaper denounced the move as irresponsible. Citing a written interview with the Embassy of Japan in China, the report states the embassy failed to clarify the impact of wastewater on fishing communities in neighboring countries. But Tokyo says the article is spinning the truth. The Embassy of Japan posted the full interview on its Twitter account, saying it had specified the released water would be safe for both humans and the environment. Officials stressed a treatment method known as the Advanced Liquid Processing System, or ALPS. This system dilutes the level of tritium, a low-risk radioactive nuclear substance in the wastewater. After processing, its concentration reaches 1 40th of the level allowed for Japan's drinking water. In a further illustration, the embassy said this amount is far lower than China's tritium emissions in 2020. Of the four nuclear power plants along China's eastern coast, one released over four times more tritium than Fukushima, while the plant with the highest emissions totaled seven times higher. A Japanese rice farmer has found an unusual buyer, a plastic factory, and it's restoring hope for a town devastated by a nuclear meltdown a decade ago. 85-year-old farmer Jinichi Abe is watching his rice fields return to productivity for the first time since 2011, when the Fukushima disaster covered the area with radiation. 
The rice grown here has been deemed unsuitable for consumption due to health worries. But now he has a steady buyer again, not to grow rice for eating, but to turn it into low carbon plastic. I wanted to do my part against plastic waste. Another reason was for the reconstruction of NAMI. I wanted to be of some use, so I consulted with everyone and decided to work with biomass. Abe's town of Nami is still struggling to recover from the 2011 disaster when a tsunami triggered a meltdown at the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear plant. Parts of Nami lie only two and a half miles from the plant, and some 80% of the town's land currently remains off limits. Today, less than 2,000 people live in the town, compared with 21,000 before the disaster. But November 2022 was a turning point. A company based in Tokyo called Biomass Resin opened a factory in Nami. Here, rice is combined with small plastic beads, heated and kneaded, before it's extruded into thin rods that are cooled and cut into tiny brown pellets. The pellets, which are either 50% or 70% rice, are then sent to companies which manufacture plastic goods. All overseen by Biomass Resin president Takemitsu Imatsu. This is a petroleum-based resin that was found in plastic materials, and this is rice. So the petroleum-based resin is mixed with rice to make pellets called rice resin at our factory. The raw materials are reborn as low-carbon plastic cutlery and takeout containers used by major firms across Japan. They're used in chain restaurants, souvenirs sold at one of Japan's largest airports, and most recently in shopping bags at a BMW pop-up showroom in Tokyo. While the plastic isn't biodegradable, using rice cuts down on petroleum products, and growing more rice in Nami also reduces overall atmospheric CO2. Experts said additional testing has found no rice registering above strict radioactive limits, meaning the plastic is also fine too. For the town of Nami, the revival of industry is vital. Since 2017, eight companies have come in, including a concrete plant, aquaculture and an EV battery recycler, generating about 200 jobs. Discussions are underway with others and research institutes may bring more people still. Biomass Resin employs 10 people in NAMI and hopes to expand. It currently uses only about 55 tons of NAMI rice. The rest of the 1,700 tons needed are mainly from elsewhere in Fukushima. But it will be buying more next year from Abe and his cooperative, grown on these freshly cleared fields. I don't know how many years it will take for NAMI from now, but I think it will get better. When we come back, bell ringing gains popularity in a town in Australia. Newcomers learn the ins and outs of chiming the hour. That and more when we return with NTD News. Bell ringing is becoming an increasingly popular hobby in Hobart, Australia. It had been a long, difficult time finding new members. Now there's a waiting list. NTD's Andrew Thomas has the details. The bells of Hobart's St. David's Cathedral make it clear. They're loud, harmonious, and here to stay. It's all thanks to a recent boom in the art of bell ringing. At the cathedral, practice sessions are seeing a lot of new faces. 
I didn't know that bell ringers existed and I don't suppose I ever really thought about how the sound was made, um, but we did live um, over the water from this tower and the sound could travel when I was younger and so I, I did sort of grow up with the bells in the background. Howard was lucky. This year, he was one of a chosen few to start learning the technique. Others are on a waiting list. And about a year ago, we were in a pretty desperate situation. We were in the situation where if any one of us was away, we had to cancel. It's just something that catches people's attention sometime or other. And yeah, it's a mix of people. It's not, you can't really predict who's going to be wanting to do it and who's not. Nichols can't quite explain the renewed interest in his beloved art form. I love the feel of controlling a bell, I love the sound of the bells, and there's something about the rhythm when, when a band of really good ringers get together, um, it sounds really special. It takes years to be able to ring bells properly. When you do get it right, it's a special moment. Renewed interest is leading to a new generation of bell ringers, and new hope that they can preserve the hobby for those that follow. Andrew Thomas, NTD News. In modern society, Many people are in a state of chronic tension and stress. This sends the body's sympathetic nervous system into a hyperactive state that can cause a range of health issues. Let's learn about how meditation can help according to the latest study. Here's Gina Marie with Strong Mind and Body. As a religious practice, meditation has been around for thousands of years. It has also received widespread attention in modern-day medicine. Studies have confirmed the various benefits of meditation on the human body. The latest results show that long-term meditation can increase the healthy bacteria bioflora in the intestine. This can help reduce anxiety, depression and the risk of heart disease. A study was published in General Psychiatry in January. It reported that long-term meditation can regulate the balance of intestinal bioflora and have a positive effect on physical and mental health. The researchers analyzed stool and blood samples from 37 Buddhist monks from three Tibetan monasteries. They also analyzed 19 nearby residents of similar ages and eating habits. The monks in the study practiced daily meditation for at least two hours for a period spanning three to 30 years. Analysis of stool samples showed that two healthy bacterial groups were significantly more abundant in the guts of the monk group than in the nearby residents. The researchers said that the two bacteria affected the body's inflammation status and metabolism. These are linked to the alleviation of mental illness and can enhance immune function. In addition, they also analyzed blood samples. They showed that the monks had significantly lower cholesterol markers than the resident samples in the control group. This indicates that they were at a lower risk of cardiovascular disease. In recent years, many medical studies have confirmed the benefits of meditation. Dr. Lee Weiss is a lecturer at the Stanford Business School. She said in an interview with NTD that meditation can help one focus better, improve work efficiency, and affect one's ability to regulate emotions, making one calmer. She also cites research showing that meditation can be effective in relieving chronic pain that does not respond to medication. By meditating, one learns how not to resist pain, but how to reduce stress instead. With such relaxation, the body suffers significantly less. This confirms traditional wisdom that has been around for thousands of years. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm Chris Beers, NTD News, New York City.